Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome to LGBTND, where the D stands for dice, and every voice you hear is a member of the LGBT community. You can call me Andy because that's my name. I use he, him pronouns, and I will be your GM as we continue our way through Masks, A New Generation. Joining me as every week are my four lovely players who will introduce themselves to you at this time. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I am Max. I use he, him pronouns. I am playing the character Ruby, also known as Antithesis, who uses she, her pronouns. Uh, her abilities include power negation and uh, telepathy, I believe? I'm not sure. But she can uh, take people's powers and rubber glue them. Uh, from last week, I remember... Hmm, what did we do last week? Uh, last week, Ruby's big thing was kicking the shit out of Sentinel. Oh, yeah! Kick the shit out of Sentinel and became friends with uh, a hard-to-quote Alana again. <laughs> uh, speaking of, you should clear uh, Insecure off of Ruby's condition tracker because uh, teleporting away with Sentinel, I think, definitely qualifies as taking a foolhardy action without talking to your team, and that is how you clear Insecure from your condition track. All right, now. Hello, my name's Alexia. I go by she, her pronouns, as does my character, Alana Hyde, or Hocus. And last time, Hocus uh, decided to rejoin uh, the Moonlighters, and everything's happy and great. Don't don't think too much into it. I'm Justin. I use he/him pronouns, as does my character Ramos Price, also known as Shadowclaw. Uh, last time, I remember Antithesis messing up Sentinel and almost the entire tower, thanks to a grenade. But thankfully, Sentinel caught that. I mean, Antithesis totally beat him, definitely on purpose, using. Conscious effort. Yeah, that. Hell yeah, boys. Uh, hi, my name is Weaver. You can call me Eve. I use she, her, or they, them pronouns. And I am playing Laura Mooney, otherwise known as Nightshade. I think the only thing that I really remember, uh, like, from last week, because the, the, like, main storyline was definitely the whole, like, Alana's back. Uh, but in my storyline, I remember having an interaction with um, a rat kid where I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I guess so. And I was like, get good, noob. And then that was it. We're all one storyline, though. The human storyline. Okay. <laughs> so we will start off issue number five of Reality Warp, uh, where we left off last week. Uh, Director Killinger has told you that uh, tomorrow has been officially named as Moonlighter's Day. He has requested the presence of all of the Moonlighters downtown for a, a special ceremony in your honor. We will cut actually a little bit after that, a couple of minutes later after Director Killinger has left. And our first panel sees Shadowclaw. As you check your phone, 
after this big battle of keeping all of the supervillains at bay and putting them back where they belong in the hole. You look at your cell phone and you see that you have a missed call, a voicemail, and a text message. Which one of those three would you like to check first? Um, Shadowclaw would probably check who the call was from and then switch over to the text. Okay. The call is from a number that you do not recognize. Then I would definitely just go to the text and then see if there's a voicemail after. Okay. The text that you get is from a number that you have uh, saved. I don't know if Shadowclaw would have given Jumpscare a nickname or how he would have him saved in his phone. But the text is from Jumpscare and it just says... uh, Good luck out there, hero, and has a little heart emoji at the end of it. Uh, He would smile at that and reply back, thanks, in the smiley face. The voicemail, a slightly serious-sounding female voice, comes across and says, uh, Rainbow Surprise, this is Carla Delgado at Halcyon City Hospital. Your parents have been in an accident, and I just need to talk to you as soon as possible. If you can get down here when you receive this message, please. Oh, geez. He would definitely then put his phone away and, as Shadowclaw, quickly transport himself that way. Okay. We will deal with that here in just a little bit. Let's go to Antithesis next. Where is Antithesis going after this sort of battle has been dealt with? Is she with Shadowclaw right now? We probably would have had a whole discussion about, I'll get literal here, we probably would have had a trash-talking session after talking to uh, the Aegis guy. But if I had those texts, I probably wouldn't actually check those until after said session. Alright, so Rui's probably gonna take some time chill with Alana, really. That's our main focus here. It's, It's been a while since they've had time to be together. Last issue, Alana teleported off to sort out uh, the replacement for Hoka, like a new Hocus on the uh, Young Beacons. Ah, uh, yeah, Alana has to deal with that. Yeah, she yeah. Uh, yeeted herself out of the downtown area. All right, Ruby's just going to go home then. Um, there's probably a lot to talk about with her mom, considering just everything that's been going on. Uh, if you remember a couple of issues ago, you tried to call your mom and couldn't get a hold of her? Just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, if Ruby went home, like, she's going to go home. She expects her mom to be there. She doesn't have a 9 to 5 or anything. Right. As you are making your way back towards your house, are you going in Ruby mode or are you going in antithesis mode? Uh, Ruby mode. Okay. Ruby doesn't wear her costume outside of... Um, because she puts it on with her powers, she can just take it off instantly. So she mostly just wears casual clothes. Okay. As you are approaching your house, you see a figure standing in front of, like, not directly in front of your front door, but, like, at the edge of your front lawn. They are slightly taller than you. They have their hair tied up on top of their head. And it is a person in a gold bodysuit with a uh, almost full face 
mask on that stops just at like the top of the head where their hair would be poking out of it. They do not seem to notice Ruby as she's approaching. Um, do I recognize this person as a superhero or as a hood? They, like, you don't know who they are, but they're dressed in, like, super-powered individual clothing. I think what's being asked here is, do, do they look like a villain, though? Does he look like a bitch? <laughs> uh, from what you can tell, they if you had to take a guess just based off of color scheme, you would say probably hero. Um... Can I use my been reading the files move here? You most certainly can. Okay, let me roll that superior. Um, oh. <laughs> That's going to be a five, a miss. Go ahead and mark your potential. As you are approaching, the person in front of you hears your footfalls. They turn around and look at you and say, Oh, I... Uh, Sorry, who are you? Who am I? Yeah? I live here, my dude. Oh, I, uh, sorry, I, I don't know, I'm kind of lost. Something told me to come this direction. It's, I don't know, gut instinct, I guess. What the fuck? Um, at this point, I think the panel would kind of pan out and, um, kind of to support Ruby's uh, confusion here, because she lives kind of in a, not not a necessarily closed neighborhood, but no one would get lost here, because no one would come here unless they were coming to visit one of these extremely wealthy people. Uh-huh. So it just pans out to her neighborhood, and um, comes back in. She is immediately distrustful of this person, and um, I'm going to have Ruby not fully transition into her antithesis outfit, but kind of just um, just from her, her fists upwards to her, her elbows. Uh, she doesn't trust this man, and so um, she's not going to say anything else to him, but she's kind of going to take a, a, a ready-fighting sort of stance. When he sees you putting on your antithesis uh gloves and sleeves as he sees these forming around your fists he says oh you're you're one of us that that's good that's good uh what's your name laura your cape name is laura that's okay how the fuck did you get lost here what are you doing man like i said i'm I don't know. Can you tell me where I'm at? I'm just... I'm confused. I've felt something pulling me in this direction, and I don't... I don't know. Something pulling you? You ain't on a leash, dog. Get the hell off my lawn. All right, I just... Okay. He... It starts to move like he's going to leave off of your property. But as he gets closer to you, he extends a hand out towards you, offering to shake your hand. And he says, my name's Antithesis. And we will cut now Bitch, over to Nightshade. What is Laura doing after this battle? Oh, Laura. <laughs> the actual Laura. Uh, I, well, now I need to find someone to introduce myself as Ruby. Um, uh, Fuck. Okay, so we just like left off with like 
shit kind of coming to a, a wrap. So I am going to say that, yeah, I think that it's just going to be a matter of me like going around and trying to keep busy. So it's like cleaning up some of the debris and helping people who are injured and doing my best to like help rebuild and just doing whatever I can to like keep myself busy. Yeah, we definitely get a couple of panels of Laura working with some of the other heroes and the sort of emergency response teams of Halcyon City to put things back together. Does Laura return home after she's done with helping clean up? Laura is kind of in this like this weird mindset of like she doesn't want downtime. She doesn't want to have time to like think about stuff. So she's like I said, she's just going to find whatever she can to keep herself busy. Okay. At some point, her cell phone does start ringing. Laura's mother, Rose, is calling her. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer. Laura, honey, are you, are you okay? I, I've been watching on the news. Is everything okay? Everything's fine. We have it all under control. And I'm just helping clean up. Are you, uh, are you gonna be, be home soon? I've... I've been worried about you. There's no reason to worry about me. I'm okay. Well, you, uh, a visitor came by for you. A visitor? Yeah, she's, uh, came by asking if you were home. She said she's, uh, well, she called herself a work friend of yours. I I don't know what that means exactly. She's not, like, one of your usual teammates, but she seems nice enough. Are you okay? Is dad there? Oh, he's fine. He's asleep. We're we're fine. She's not... She said her name's Audrey. Do I know who this is? Narrator's note that, that that's a rat kid's name. Is it? Ah, shit. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't remember. I've been calling a rat kid douchebug for so long. <laughs> yes, a rat kid... A rat kid is Audrey Patel. Okay, yeah. Is that well known or is that something we should have remembered? I think she introduced herself. That's well known. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna ask my mom. Is she still there? Yeah, she, uh, I made her some tea and set out a tray of cookies if you, uh, if you're hungry when you get home. I'll be home in just a little bit, and I'm gonna head home. Let's deal with Pocus and what's going on with her after battle scene. Are we jumping back to when I teleported to the home for terminally homeless alanas <laughs> uh is that where you were going after the uh battle of the hall yeah i need i need to get someone to take my place on uh the young beacons okay how do you go about picking one of the alanas any mini money uh well i have one uh in mind so the i kind of uh, envisioned it as like kind of in the because we did a three uh, three week time jump, I believe, at one point. Yes. Um, I kind of feel like Alana would have kind of uh, take kind of been involved in like helping to train them and things. Um, and one of them would have kind of like stood out as particularly worthy of the mantle of Hocus. And uh, her name's Cassidy, and that's who uh, Alana's going to talk to now. Okay. Quick question, and I will let you decide this. Do all of the Alanas have the same power set as you? I feel like it would all be 
similar, but they might because it's magic. I feel like they might kind of prefer different kinds of magic, depending. So, like, uh, one may prefer like more like elemental magic, another one may be like more focused on like telepathy and telekinesis, uh, that kind of thing. Okay. Does this one you said Cassidy? Does she have a particular specialty? Uh, elemental. Okay. Nice. So, what is Alana doing as far as approaching her? Um, so I kind of imagined it as uh, Alana just kind of teleports, like, uh, I feel like just inside the building, not necessarily in like anyone's room, but maybe just like outside kind of a uh, Casty's door. And she just like knocks on it and is kind of just waiting impatiently for her to answer it. So after a couple of seconds, the door opens and Cassidy looks at Alana, which is basically like looking in a mirror and says, Yes, what can I do? Cassidy, excellent. There's been a bit of a change of plan. How do you, how do you feel about moving and joining the Young Beacons, becoming your own hero of sorts? She arches her eyebrows. What do you mean? Are you not with, with them anymore? No, I've rejoined the Moonlight and I need someone to take my old, my old place. What happened? I've had a bit of a change of heart. I miss my old teammates and I can't really do any of the old combos and things that I used to do I think I think it would be best if you kind of join a new hero team and then you can kind of grow as part of the team develop your own kind of unique inter group dynamics if you think they'll have me and I'm the best choice then sure I guess I'll do it excellent okay yeah if you could uh, also if you want to be hocus you can have like just magic your own outfit or whatever, I don't care. I'm going to come up with my own superhero name, so we're not, like, treading on each other's toes, if that's good with you. It's a lot to live up to, but I guess I'll do my best. Perfect. Love it. So what is Alana doing at that point? Is she going to the Young Beacons tonight, or is she waiting until later? Um, I think she kind of want to do it instantly, um, if only because the current situation at the Young Beacons probably be a bit hectic and everyone's going to be too distracted to really criticise her plan with any real focus. The hocus focus, if you will. Exactly. Perfect. Is Alana just uh, teleporting her way into the Young Beacons Tower or how's she going about that? Yeah, I think she'd teleport her and Cassidy into the her old room and they're both telepathic, so I kind of feel like she'd let her access all her kind of memories of the young beacons, kind of in that moment, just so she's kind of up to speed. And then she'd just be like, yeah, have fun, bye, and just leave. Okay, so she's not going to tell the young beacons anything about this? No, I mean, Cassidy can just, it's what it's basically the same person now, there's no need, that it'll be fine. Things work out, things sort themselves out, it'll be great. <laughs> Okay, now that Hocus has left, I need to ask one very important qualifier question. Did she tell Cassidy to pretend to be her? Uh, yeah, or is I mean, Cassidy they, uh, I kind of envisioned it as they had plan. like a almost like a Vulcan mind meld. Um, so Cassidy's kind of like up to speed on kind of everything that's going on. So yeah, should be aware of the plan. Okay. So let's see. As Alana is teleporting out, we will cut over to Ramos arriving at Halcyon City Hospital. To be clear, I arrive 
outside of it so that I can remove my costume, meld it out of the shadows, and then I approach through the front door. Yeah, I figured as much as when I said Ramos instead of Shadow Claw. Right, okay. Just had to make that clear. That was definitely a panel. Okay. So we get a couple of panels of Ramos just making his way through the hospital. The receptionist at the front desk tells you what room you can find your parents in. And as you make your way, I'm assuming on the elevator, up to that floor, uh, when you step off of the elevator, you see there are three Aegis agents waiting in the hallway. Um, I would do my best to ignore them and find whichever room that they're staying in. As you are approaching one of them, like, he doesn't step out into the way, like, to block your way, but he does that way of, like, signaling that he wants to have your attention. And he says, are you Ramos Price? Um, yeah. What do you want? Your parents were in a very bad car accident tonight. We have reason to believe there was foul play, and I need to know if you can think of anything that, any reason that a villain in the city may have had to target them. Uh, well, they deal with a lot of really expensive wares, so that's possible, I suppose. Do you know of anything particularly valuable that they may have been perhaps transporting tonight or any reason that something would have, something that a villain would have attacked them for? Whatever it is they do, I don't keep in it because they're always gone all the time. So I have no idea about any of their specifics. He nods and just says, we have reason to believe that, well, like we said, that this was not a natural car accident, and we just like to make sure, do you have somewhere safe that you can stay, just in case they decide to target your home next? He is going to try to uh, shift your labels there, raising your mundane and lowering your danger. Mm, I'll reject that. Okay, roll me a flat 2d6. Seven. Okay, on a seven to nine, you get to choose one. Clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one down, your choice. Or cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. I will mark potential and tell them, My parents have been at this for a while. I'm sure home is safe, so I don't think I need to worry about that. He thinks about it for a minute and nods and says, If you're sure and you feel safe, then that's all we needed. If you're so worried about it, you can do like the police do and have someone sit outside or whatever. I'll get in touch with Director Killinger and see what he wants to follow up on. All right, can I check on my parents now? Yeah, at that point, he steps aside, sort of motions with his fingers, and he and the other agents make their way to the elevator. I immediately text the group chat saying that my parents got hurt probably from a villain. Don't know just yet. We'll update later. We will get to your all's reactions to that as we move on into your scenes. Ramos, I'm assuming you're going into their hospital room? Yes. As you open the door and the uh, fluorescent lights flicker on, you see your parents are in hospital beds. Both of them have machines hooked up to them keeping track of their vital signs, 
Both of them are massively bruised. They don't look like they're... Well, obviously, if they were, like, on the verge of dying, it would have them... They would be in the uh, ICU or something like that. But they both look like they've been through a hell of a car accident. Do I have reason to believe that it's not simply a car accident, that maybe they were beat up instead? Yeah, just based on the patterns of their bruises and such... It looks like they were in, like they weren't in hand-to-hand combat or anything like that. Okay, okay. Well, if they're conscious, and I would talk to them, but otherwise it'll just be like, geez, what have they done now? As Ramos is thinking that over, and perhaps settling into like a chair in the room or something, I don't yeah. know, you get a, another notification sound from your cell phone. I would check it, because that's odd. It is another text message, this time from a number that is not just unknown. It literally on the, like, from field says unknown. And the text message simply reads, we can fix what happened to them. And now we'll cut back over to Antithesis. And apparently Antithesis. All right. I know where this is going, but it wouldn't be true to the character if I didn't Stay on top of Ruby and her smooth brain. So, um, this guy extends his hand for a shake, right? And says, I'm antithesis. He does. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna have Ruby... Uh, I'm so rich. I'm gonna have her... Uh, I'm gonna have her, like, uh, go for a, like, a, a backflip where she, like, kicks his hand and just changes into her whole costume, just ready to fight him. And um, I think she's going to try and throw a punch after that. Before, like, when she lands out of the backflip, he puts his hands up like, whoa, 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 calm calm down. I'm. Did I say something wrong? Uh, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. She's just going to, she's not going to conversate with him. Okay, what is she doing to try to attack him? Uh, like I think she probably she just goes for the straight punch, just to see how he'll react to it, and how she can follow up afterwards. Go ahead and roll to directly engage a threat for me. All right, now. Well, no, he's he's not actually fighting back, so, mm. yeah. You just, like, clock this guy in the face. He's, <laughs> he's caught off guard, and he falls down to the ground looking up at you and says, "What? What the hell are you doing? What am I doing? You're sitting here on my goddamn doorstep, pretending to be me and impersonating my goddamn identity. What do you mean, what am I doing? What do you mean impersonating you? Impersonating. And he hoists himself up to his feet as he's saying that. I'm in Chesterhead. What's your name? Sorry, I'm fucking losing it over I here. I need to see the SpongeBob meme. I need it. <laughs> Okay, he looks very confused, and he's like, I don't know what is going on here. I'm just as confused as you are. Uh, Ruby grunts and throws her hands up before she uh, makes a fist and points her thumb directly at her chest. I'm antithesis, dickhead! He throws his hands out to the side and says, well, one of us is going to have to change our name. As he says that, she readies another punch. This time he's ready for it. As Ruby comes up and swings, he ducks underneath the punch. He slings his arm out to the side and a psychic sword appears in his hand. 
He points at it antithesis and says, don't make me fight you, please. I I don't want to fight a woman. <sighs> Ruby just sighs, cracks her neck, and summons a few psychic shuriken, ready to go one-on-one with this fucking guy. I really don't want to do this. She flings one at him, aiming for the head. <laughs> okay, we will deal with that here in a few minutes. Uh, what is Nightshade getting up to? Uh, well, I'm going to, if I'm, if I'm reading the situation right, I'm going to, like, get to my house, find out a rat kid is, like, my child from the future, and then I'm going to kick the shit out of her. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what we're doing? Is that the plan for today? (laughs) Yep, that's the episode. Okay. Dude, I can't believe Arachnid actually fucking pulls up to fucking Laura's house like this, expecting not to get her ass beat, but go on. I know, right? Like, she's just gonna be like, hey, bitch, and I'm gonna be like, get out. I'm gonna just, like, fucking yeet her into the goddamn sun. (laughs) No, uh, as you enter... Fucking throw her like a Skyrim giant! (laughs) As you enter into your living room, you do see uh, Audrey Patel sitting on the couch in your living room. She's got a mug in her hands. There is a tray of uneaten cookies in front of her. Uh, She looks like, you know how you can tell when somebody like just recently showered? Uh, She looks very clean and fresh out of the shower, but somehow still very disheveled. Like she's not, she's very unsure of pretty much everything right now. Because she's a human trash fire. Um, No, she's not that bad. I mean, she started off pretty bad, but maybe she'll have like some redemption. Uh, I'm going to kind of walk in and without sitting down, ask her what she's doing there. Uh, do you want to roll to pierce her mask? Sure, I'll try it. Let's see what I got. I got an 11. Okay, on an 11, you get three from the list that we will reveal through this conversation that's about to unfold. What are you really planning? What do you intend to do? And how could I gain influence over you? So how could I gain influence over you is probably the easiest one that Laura would notice almost right away. A rat kid is not in a good place right now. She needs comfort. If you give that to her, you gain influence over her. As far as what are you really planning, she looks up at you when you ask what she's doing there, and she's like, I just I needed someone to talk to. This, this whole night's just... She sets the mud down on the coffee table in front of her. And runs her hand through her hair and says, How do you do this? Like, being a hero and... When everything that we do feels like it's wrong. Because we have to. Doesn't that... That fucking sucks though, right? Of course it does. But sometimes that's just how it is. We made this decision. We chose this life. And it's... It's not fun and it's not glamorous and it's not something that you can just, it's not a sometimes thing. We're heroes because we're willing to make the sacrifices that other people aren't. Did we really choose it though? Did you choose to turn into who you are? Did I didn't choose to have bone spider legs sprout from my back. I didn't, did Shadow Claw choose to become 
the shadow ninja? I d what if we're not willing to make those sacrifices? What if, what if I just want to go back to being a normal kid? Well, if I remember correctly, that's what Cole did. Yeah, but Cole's, I don't know. He's, my parents keep pushing me and they, they want me to be this something bigger and better than what they, what the, they've, the life they've been able to carve out. And I don't know if I'm supposed to do that as Audrey or as a rat kid. And everything I do feels like it's wrong. Either they tell me I'm wrong or you're telling me I'm wrong or Baxter's telling me I'm wrong. What? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And nobody will just give me an answer. I wish I had an answer. I wish I knew what to tell you. I wish I knew how to make this easy. I wish I knew how to handle any of this. I, I've faced some questionable decisions. I've had to do things that I, I do my best to not think about. I've done horrible, horrible things. And the only way that I can get through all of this and help the people that need it is to just not think about it. She stands up off of the couch and she says, so not even you've got a solid answer, I guess. That, that fucking sucks. I thought if anybody would have a handle on this, it was you. I mean, you're the one that's always so sure of herself and knows what she's doing. I never know what I'm doing. I mean, over the last two weeks, my body has completely changed. I'm losing what little humanity I had. I've had to basically fight my friends. I've had to to fight their parents. I've had to hide things from people that I trust. I've had to to endure so much that I never thought was something that I would even have to face or think about. I have no idea what I'm doing. The confidence is just a show. I put it on so that people don't see that on top of being a monster that I'm scared. So you have a move that we don't trigger a whole lot? Comforting. When you share a vulnerability or weakness with someone, ask them if they think you're losing or gaining humanity. I remember that. So I think as you're going through this, a rat kid shakes her head and she says, Laura, you, you're the strongest person I've, I've met. I, out of everybody on the Moonlighters, you're the one I've had the most respect for since the beginning. I, that's why I came to you. I feel like if anybody knows what it's like trying to be a normal person, it would be you. And so, let's see. If they say gaining, clear condition, and shift mundane up, and any other label down. I am going to get rid of insecure. I will ship, ship, uh, shift. I, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that goes without saying. I'm going to shift mundane up and I will shift danger down. And then I think that gives way to your last question from Piercing the Mask. So what do you intend to do as Audrey comes to the end of saying that you notice the way that Audrey is looking at Laura? She definitely has feelings for her. And Audrey wants to kiss Laura. 
Uh, like I, okay. I mean, like, does she, does she like go for it? Or is this like a, it's just something she's thinking about kind of thing? It's something she's heavily thinking about. She's trying to get a read on Laura. So she's doing that awkward thing of like, she'll move a little bit closer and then like not, and then like try to read the reaction. And then if Laura's not pulling away, she's going in for it. Laura won't pull away. As they kiss, we will go to Alexia or Alana. Is she doing anything else that we want to cover tonight? Or is that the end of her sort of actions for the night? Um, She wants to get money to get a place to stay. Um, So she's going to go about doing that. Um, a way she was thinking about was just went going to like a casino or something and just using her powers of reading minds to to just win everything, win all the money. Because it's not technically stealing. Okay. How is she getting into a casino? Because she's, what, like 17? Uh, she's psychic, so she's just going to mentally manipulate people to make everyone think that she's old enough. I'm not sure what the legal limit in America is. It's 18 unless they serve alcohol. If they serve alcohol, it's 21. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and roll to unleash your powers as just sort of a general casino roll for the whole scene. Got nine. Okay. You can either use team selfishly to bring that up to a full hit, or you can mark a condition, or the effect will be unstable or temporary. Um, I'm going to use team selfishly. Okay. How are you going about doing that? Um, I think I'll just make it, uh, I'll just mark a condition. That's okay. Okay. Um, I've only got, definitely not going to feel, maybe I feel mildly guilty about the fact that I'm basically just going to kind of stealing money, but also not. So I'm kind of talking down my conscience here. Okay. So she doesn't maybe realize that she feels guilty as she's feeling it. But yeah, I say you or Alana is able to uh, use her psychic powers to get inside of this casino and then like playing at the various card tables, read the uh, dealer's minds and able in order to win a fair amount of money. How high is she pushing on that? Is she going for like a whole lot of money or is she just trying to get enough? She's going for like a whole lot of money. Uh, her rationalization is, I'm I'm doing good for, the, uh, I'm going to be a good good superior. I'm going to help people out. So I need money for somewhere to live and I want somewhere nice and I'm going to need like food and stuff. I don't want to do this too often. So yeah, I'm going to get quite a lot of money. Okay. With her doing that, we will then go back to Ramos in his parents' hospital room. And you just got that text message. How are you responding? I screenshot it and then forward the picture to the group chat. Okay. I feel like Alana would be the one to be in a position to answer that because Ruby is currently fighting somebody that claims to be her and Laura is getting her Mac on. Uh, I'm just talking to the void. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Rude. Everyone's busy. I feel like you'd be busy making money. I don't need to distract you. I got, I got my money. Um, yeah, so I get the text. Am I like in the middle of like a game or am I like... You probably wouldn't check your phone in the middle of the game. I'd assume it's like between games or something. Okay. Um, 
I think I'll respond like, how badly hurt are they? What happened specifically? Just like in the group text thing. Looks like they're pretty badly bruised all over. They don't seem to be uh, intensely injured, but this text is super weird. And also the fact that I was called was kind of weird too. Huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just quickly cash in all my winnings and then I'll be right over. I say that in the text. I guess <laughs> Ramos would casually be confused about the first part and just be like, okay, great. I definitely don't know what to do from here. And then I send the address for the hospital. Thanks. Um, I think there'd be like a panel of Hocus kind of walking over to like the um, like the cash out area. And as she's walking, she's like, uh, basically choosing a telekinesis to take like chips from other like tables where if people aren't looking. She's going to take additional chips because in her mind, she would have won anyway. So they're hers, rightfully. Yeah, I like that image too much to make you roll for it. So, Okay. Um, so I cash out. I don't know how much I get. Um, I said a large amount. I Did, did you want to say how much it was? Or I don't think we need to quantify it. It's just okay. you get big Lots money. Yay. Okay. Um, then I store that in like some dimensional portal thing or whatever i don't know where a, a wizard bank and then i teleport over to uh ramos and gringotts i think as you're teleporting we will cut back over to ruby fighting this mystery man fake antithesis i say man he's like your age but you know mystery man so what are you gonna do ruby well, uh, last time I threw a shuriken at his head. Yes, uh, go ahead and directly engage a threat for me. That's going to be an eight. Okay, you get to pick one from the list, resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity you don't have any allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. <laughs> I'm gonna Can we appreciate carefully? how matter-of-fact that was? Where it was like, it wasn't even like, you don't have allies right now, or around. It was just, you don't have allies. I just love the way that you phrased that. It was just so, like, shady. Um, I'm going to resist or avoid their blows. Okay. Rather than trying to fight, this guy is using his psychic sword to, uh deflect the shurikens away from himself. One of them does get through and hit him in the shoulder, though. And he looks at you and says, You got a hell of an arm on you. Who taught you how to fight like this? Um, as he uses his sword to block the blows that are coming for his um, top half, I would like to imagine Ruby would kind of crouch and go for a kick to his, like, solar, like his midsection and his belly. Okay, so... You're saying that you want that to be your next move instead of responding to what he was saying then? Yeah. Okay, uh, directly engage again then. That's going to be eight. Okay, get to pick one again. Uh, resist or avoid their blows. Okay, so as you kick him, he staggers back and he looks at you and says, I really don't want to fight you. Why are you, why are you doing this? You don't want to fight me, but I want to fight you, dude. What is your problem? I've had a rough fucking day. The last thing I need is someone on my lawn claiming to be me. 
We've got the same name. What's the big deal about it? Does he not have, like, his, um... The color scheme of his outfit is white and gold, right? It is a mainly gold bodysuit with white uh, detailing. Um, as uh, he says that, uh, Ruby would transition into her whole costume and uh, kind of put her hands out to her sides and says, You even jacked my color scheme, dude! What the fuck? I've never seen you before in my life. If it means that much to you, I'll change my fucking name. Look, call me Sideblade now. And we get a fucking whack. We get a close up of Ruby's face as she realizes that is the name of her father. Oh Lord! You kind of get a panel of Ruby's face dropping from the, the the irritation and anger that she would feel from fighting this dude into just pure just slack jawed confusion, and she is for the first time at a complete loss for words. Sideblade just like, throws his hands up as he turns around, the uh, psychic sword disappearing into thin air, and he says, fine, I'll just leave. I don't even know what I was, what even brought me here. Wait, wait, don't, don't, don't go. Uh, What, you want to kick my ass some more? uh, uh, Keep shit talking, and I just might, dude. What's your... She kind of makes her suit go go away into her regular casual clothes and rubs her hand on the back of her head. What's your name? Your real name? Can I trust you or are you going to... Sorry, that's not fair. They call me Axel. Is Axel her dad's name? Axel is her dad's name, oh, yes. Oh, shit. <sighs> Sigh, Andy. You fucking done it again. They Jesus call me Christ. Axel, but you can call me Daddy. <laughs> Um, as ruby is reacting to that let's cut over to uh nightshade please please do (laughs) as she is lips to lips with a rat kid how is nightshade reacting to that uh that's a good question especially considering the fact that up till this point i had always kind of depicted her as a straight character. I think that there's def- there's definitely going to be, like, a moment, and then there's going to be, like, she kind of pulls away a little bit, and and then there's, like, that silence, and then, I don't know, and then, like, the question of, like, um, why did you, why, what, why did you, you kissed, why? A rat kid looks just as stunned as Laura does, and she's like, I should go. Unless Nightshade stops her, she is going to be in the process of, like, in one panel, she's running towards the front door and, like, slinging Web out into the sky with one hand. The other is flung backwards, uh, webbing the mug of tea to her to take it to go. (laughs) Wait, you don't have to go. Unless Laura is physically stopping her, a rat kid is out the door. She's not going to physically stop her. She's, like, still shaken. I'm still a little shaken. I am shook it. <laughs> we get a panel of Nightshade, like, standing there in shook. And then Rose enters into the room from just off panel in the kitchen. And she's like, is everything, is everything okay? Or do you need to talk to somebody? I, I don't. It's been a big night for you, from what I saw on the news. 
And Laura knows that her mom heard that conversation, but her mom's not trying to let on that she heard that conversation. Oh no, it's in my head, it's going to be something where it's just like, her mom is like, it's been a big night for you from what I've seen on the news. And then Laura is just going to turn and be like, it's already on the news? Oh, oh, the the whole, yeah, that, yeah. But we had it under control. Yeah, uh, Rose looks from the TV in the living room over to Laura, and she's like, yeah, I saw it with uh, the Young Beacons, and uh, so what about that Iraq kid? What about her? She she looked like she was uh, pretty impressive out there. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, she, um, she has her moments. We get a panel of just, like, the two of you looking at each other across the room, and then Rose is just like, Laura, honey, just be safe, please, with the the uh, the, the villains and the, the crime fighting, I mean. Yeah, that I, I, oh, yeah, you don't, um, there's a lot, there's, can we talk? You know, I'm always here when you need to talk. There's, I, I don't, there's a lot. And I don't know how to do any of it anymore, apparently. Like, like what? And she sits on the couch and pats the spot where a rat kid had previously been sitting. Oh, no. It's going to be like a full panel, like a, probably like a full page of Laura pacing back and forth and being like, well, I got in contact with those people that were like supposed to have the cure, but then they didn't have the cure. And it turns out that they had been kidnapping a bunch of people and Ramos has a boyfriend now. And he was the one that told us about the thing. And then we we saved all the kids, but then there were a bunch of other Alanas and I had to attack them. And that was like horrible because Alana has like saved my life multiple times. And so this was just, it was too much. And then there was just, there was so much horrible shit in that basement and I, I don't know how to process any of it. And so I'm just trying to just be a hero. And so I've, I've just been like throwing myself into everything. And now I'm like, I'm terrified of everything. I'm terrified of getting things wrong. I'm, but I also found out that I'm like functionally immortal and I can turn into a monster and I don't know how to process that. And now I think I'm gay. Sorry, that's that was just I loved the transition there. Rose doesn't know how to respond to ninety percent of that. So she just like stands up and crosses the room and gives you like a big mom hug and like pats you on the back and just like lets you get out. Yeah, there's definitely gonna be like Laura breaking down and crying. Like just full on just yeah. Okay. So let's cut over to Shadowclaw and the artist formerly known as Hocus inside of this hospital room. Hey, so what's happening? Have your parents? They look bruised. Uh, yeah. Um, some Aegis agents were here. They told me that they were in a really bad car accident and they suspect that a villain was involved. Um, given what they do, I'm not surprised. But it's strange for them to have actually been attacked. And now there's this text coming from literally unknown? What do your parents do? Oh, um, 
I don't think I've ever explained that, but, uh... We don't really talk much, to be honest. Well, there's a reason why I'm out superheroing and not at home. Well, they buy and sell uh, antiques, is what they say, but it's more like relics of power that they buy and sell to warring nations, usually. They're not exactly great people, but they make money, and they usually have pretty good protection for this kind of thing. So, huh. So, complete side question. Where do they normally store this stuff? And um, do they sell to the major crime groups in the area? They sell to both sides, I believe. I'd, I've read through some of their stuff at home. Um, I don't know if they have separate places, but they keep the... I don't know what they keep at home, but they keep some things at home. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, do you want me to like try and heal them or? Hmm. I think they'll be okay. I'm kind of concerned about what or who hurt them, and who the hell it is trying to claim that it can be fixed or whatever. Okay. Um, I could try reading their minds to see what happened if they're not talking, which it doesn't look like they are. That sounds incredibly interesting. I like that. Awesome. Alana is going to walk over to the uh, beds of uh, Ramos's parents, and she's going to try and uh, read read each of their minds to see what they recall uh, happening with the car accident. Okay. They are not conscious to resist against this, so I think you are able to tap into their minds fairly easily. We see the two of them traveling along inside of their vehicle and then all of a sudden there is a large explosion the glass around them shatters they like are jerked forward in their seats but as the vision fades out and they lose their consciousness you do see a masked figure standing above them he wears a orange and black metallic mask and you recognize this to be a villain by the name of warlord he is known for being very difficult to bring in every time that he's close to being caught by heroes he tends to escape through like if somebody's got him pinned down he'll like put a civilian's life in danger so that the hero has to save them and allow him the chance to escape he is also well known to be uh, the arch nemesis of Dominus, if you all remember all the way back in our character creation episode. He is our Punisher analog that you all impressed by beating up Warp in his apartment. Oh, yeah. Good times. Um, would I... I'm, I think I'm just going to communicate all this to Ramos if I just go ahead and do that. Would I would I know about how much would I know about Warlord? Would I know all that stuff, or is that like meta knowledge that Alana wouldn't have? No, that's stuff Alana would know. Okay, yeah, then um, I'll I'll just kind of let uh, I'll communicate all this to like everything that I saw to Ramos. Um, I'll say uh, so it was an explosion. To clarify, there was like an explosion, and then that caused the car crash. It wasn't like another car hitting them or anything. Foul play, indeed. Then okay, so. The texts are probably coming from Warlord, or someone related to Warlord. Affiliated would probably be a better word. True. 
And since he doesn't perhaps know who I am as a civilian, who should I technically reach out to? The Moonlighters, perhaps? Oh, yeah, they're good. They're, they're, they're good at superheroing. That's, that's, that's a good idea. You should ask the Moonlighters for help. I like that plan. And, if I recall... Do you know him personally? He sure likes that idea, too. Awesome. Um, I, I, I don't know where to go from here. Okay, I think that is actually good for that scene. Uh, let's cut back to Antithesis as she's face-to-face with apparently a teenage version of her father. Um, is he still on the ground? No, he stood up and was starting to walk away when you called him back. Okay, um, so she knows his name is Axel now. Uh, shit! <sighs> um, she would quickly unlock her front door, quickly put the password in, um, hold it open for him, and uh, use her hand to usher him in- inside. You want me to come inside? Obviously. Come on, don't make this any more difficult than it already is. Well, usually after I throw a shuriken in someone's shoulder, I don't invite him in for tea. Uh, do you you want to leave or, or what? You're sen- trying to make peace, dude. Don't fucking make it hard. You are sending me some seriously mixed signals here. Uh, As he says that, he's walking inside, though. Ruby slams the door behind him and to quickly acquire something from her mom's room. Okay, what is she going to acquire? Uh, this is going to be a photo album, and it's going to have a picture of her dad in it next to her mom during their younger days. Uh, not as young as Ruby is now. Ruby's like 17, so maybe they were 21, 22, 23. Okay, as far as you know, or rather we get a panel of Axel just like waiting in the entryway as Ruby goes to retrieve that. Is she bringing that back down, or is she looking at it in the room? She's bringing it to him, to present it to him. Okay, so what's that look like? Is she just giving him the one picture, or is she giving him the whole photo album? She just slaps the photo album in his lap with the that picture, you know, at the front. Okay, then I will ask you, is this an unmasked picture of her father, or is he in costume? His costume does not have a mask at the current point when it's pictured. Okay. Uh, his costume also is a completely different color scheme than what this uh, version of Axel is wearing. But when he looks into the picture, he says, that, Who is that guy? That's you, dude. That's my dad. That's, that's, that's Axel Blade. That's Cyblade. That's you. No, that's not me. I'm me. Uh, my dude, you're my dad. How am I your dad? I'm like two years older than you, tops. The man in the picture, like, Ruby knows what her dad looks like, so she would know that, you know, once she looks at the picture, could they, they look similar, correct? Uh, this guy is still wearing a mask, but he does pull it off as he's saying that, and they look very similar. You look the same. You've got the same skin color, the same nose. I I have your nose, dude. That doesn't make any sense. I was fighting villains, and then all of a sudden I'm where I don't know where I am, and then you come up to me and throw a shuriken in my shoulder and tell me you're my daughter? Wait, I'm just 
hold on a second. I can get the shuriken thing handled. Don't worry about it. Hold on one moment. And at that, she runs up the stairs and into her room. Um, also, he can't leave without triggering the alarm. So she's going to know. She runs okay. upstairs to her room to call Alana. Does Alana answer the phone? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she'd be like, hello? Dude. Dude, you gotta get down here right fucking now. Like, right fucking now. Okay. And I just, like, appear next to Ruby through the <laughs> Ruby hangs up and Alana is there. Um. Wait, before we get that scene, how does Shadowclaw react to Alana just blipping out of existence? <laughs> disappearing i feel like it would be like uh we decide that oh i'm gonna ask the moonlighters to help so i turn to go it's like oh and thank you so much for going to help me and i turn around and she's gone fair enough like batman okay now we can continue the scene with ruby and alana okay what's going on i'm here now all right listen hear me out and okay this is gonna sound really fucked up but my dad's downstairs and it's not my dad just just go okay and she would just take alana's shoulders and just just lead her out the door and down the stairs okay um would i uh, would i've met uh ruby's dad like in person or before i will leave that up to you the cyblade that you would potentially know does work for Apex, so it's possible that Hocus would have had encounters with them in the past. Okay. Um, so I would walk up to him and say, so you're Cyblade, right? You look young. He looks between the two of you and says, what are you going to tell me next? This is my sister? Yes. No, just, just, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm 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 at a loss for words here, Alana. I don't know what I should be doing. Well, what are you doing here, Cyblet? It's like I told Antithesis here. That's weird to use my name to describe another hero. That I was fighting villains, and then I was knocked backwards. I ended up on the ground, and I didn't know where I was. This. This looks like my. This looks like Halcyon City, but it's different. Where am I? Okay, so your explanation Boy, was. Hold up! Did my mom make you change your name? <laughs> and Ruby just busts out laughing, losing her shit. I think Alana would um, just kind of like. I think she'd be used to Ruby's mannerism, so she'd just like kind of be carrying, carrying on, and she'd be like. So, um, your explanation was kind of vague. Is it okay if I just, like, read your mind to find out what happened? Okay, thank you. And then she'll just try and read his mind. Yeah, we get, like, half a speech panel of him just being like, yeah, I'm not hiding any," And then Alana talks over him. So what exactly is it that you're trying to accomplish? Um, I'm trying to see specifically what happened and who it was that, like, he was... He said he got hit before he got sent. Uh, I guess forward in time. So I'm trying to see like who it was that hit him. If there was anything that like, if he just kind of like popped into this time, or if there was like a portal that opened, or like what exactly happened. Okay. Uh, roll to unleash your powers for me. Seven. Okay. You can mark a condition, or the effect will be unstable or temporary. 
Um, I'm running out of conditions I can mark. Um, and neither of them really makes sense, so I'll just go with that. It's unstable or temporary. So the visions that you get from him are very fuzzy. Uh, you see him fighting off a man with, uh, like, he's just a big, beefy dude, for lack of better phrasing. Uh, he looks similar to Behemoth, but not quite. Like, he could be, like, an off-brand Behemoth, maybe. He gets body-checked out of the way of this guy. Uh, and then as he's flying through the air, everything goes dark for, like, half a second. And then when he wakes up, he is lying on the ground not far from Ruby's house. And when he was fighting Behemoth, it was the middle of the day. The scenery surrounding him, like he said, it looked similar to the Halcyon City that you know. Okay. But it is much more toned down, basically. Okay, um, so it was midday. What time is it now? It's like, it's getting on in the night. It's like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay, so uh, I think Alana would kind of like put a hand on his shoulder and be like, I've worked out what's happening. Basically, you were sent forward in time by like six hours? Six hours, and I've got a teenage daughter. Oh, and like <laughs> a few years. A teenage daughter who's like, objectively better than you in combat wow he looks over at ruby and he's like okay that is completely irrelevant i wasn't even trying to fight you because i wouldn't hit a woman second of all what if the woman was you two are crazy i'm out and he turns to start walking towards the front door um uh, ruby's gonna uh get that psychic she's, she's gonna hit that fucking psychic whip okay uh to what end uh, wrapping it around his uh, arms so he can't move or leave. They're keeping him there. He's he's staying. Stay. Okay, roll to unleash your powers for me. Oh, wow. That's gonna be a two. Okay. I think this time he sees it coming. He turns with his uh, psychic blade and just, like, cuts the whip from out of your hand. And he points the sword at you. He says... I really don't want to fight you, but if you try to keep me here, it's going to happen. And then he's going to open the door and just, like, take off into the night. If he opens the door, the alarm goes off. He does not care. He's taking off into the night. Can I pull him back in with my Yeah, we're, we're, like, we gotta keep him here. Normally, I would let you, but as part of your failure there, he's taking off into the night. He's disappearing. Shit. Oh. Um, what what avenues does we have to follow him since it's so late? I mean, you could like go out and try to canvas the city if you wanted to, but you don't have any way to actually like track him or anything. Where the hell is my mom? What What do you mean? Why is your mom? Um, I I haven't seen my mom in like how many days has it been, Andy? Well, I mean, your mom's been there up until, like, probably when you left for the party. It's just been the one time that you called her that you didn't get a hold of her. I don't think Ruby has ever not seen her mom for a day. We could go check her office or something. I assume she has an office. Yeah, she's got, like, a, a, a evil villain basement. Cool, let's go check. 
office layer potato potato. All the same. Um, yeah, we're doing that. We're looking for Ruby's mom. I got a real bad feeling about this, Scoops. As you are looking around, there is no sign of your mom anyway. Uh, as they're looking, Ruby would be calling her mom, like, off the hook. You get instantly sent to voicemail. So either your mom's phone is dead, she's blocked you, whatever you <laughs> want to assume from that, you're not getting through to her phone. Can I look for any... We're going to, like, her basement office evil layer. Can I look for any, like, uh... You know how, like, supervillains tend to have, like, really elaborately drawn, like, like sketches of their evil schemes? Can I look for any kind of of those? <laughs> I will give you one thing. As you look through her evil office layer, <laughs> you find that she has... It sounds really lame to call it a day planner, but she's got, like, something that she keeps her uh, appointments and schedule on. And you find out that tonight she had a meeting set up with Mr. and Mrs. Price, Ramos's parents. Ooh, two birds, one stone. I need to go get someone, and I'm going to teleport. I'm going to grab Ramos and teleport back with him. I'm going to try to do that. I think at this point, um, Ruby's mom not being there, uh, her not in the phone, Ruby's starting to have a little bit of uh, emotional weakness right now. Like, kind of... Her eyes are welling with tears. She's not. She's not feeling it. Does Alana notice this, or it's very noticeable? It's like while she's calling her mom, with every call that she makes that isn't answered, it gets worse. Okay, so I think for Alana to teleport, like after she has two birds, one stone, she's about to teleport, and then she looks over at Ruby and she's like, "Are you okay? What's going on?" Um, as soon as Alana asks, she bursts out into tears. Oh, you're upset. I think Ruby would kind of be like just just babbling incoherently through her tears. Um, Alana would be like, "It's okay," um, and then she'd like kind of awkwardly go for a hug, but like she's not like kind of fully into it. But she's 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 going for a hug. She's going oh Ruby, the- oh Ruby, oh Ruby grips that. Oh Ruby hugs that. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and comfort Ruby. I'm like, it's okay. Don't worry. We're going to find what happened to your mum and also Ramos's parents. And um, I'm sure Nitro's got a thing going on, but I don't know what it is. Uh, Alana, would you like to roll a comfort or support on that? Sure. Oh, I've not got a high comfort or support thing. Six. I'm going to use it selfishly to psychically make Ruby feel better. Okay. Uh, on a hit, they mark... Well, go ahead and shift your mundane up and another label down, then. Um, I'll go mundane up and maybe superior down, I think. Okay. On a hit, they hear you. Ruby, if you open up, you mark potential, clear a condition, or shift your labels. Um, Ruby definitely opens up. Um, I think that's going to be a clearing of a condition. Definitely afraid. Okay, how is Ruby opening up? Is it just, like, the fact that she's showing emotion, or...? It's just purely emotional. She's just hugging her friend and crying, and after she words, she feels better. I don't think she would be fully cognizant of, you know, Alana fucking digging around in her brain. It's just gals being pals. So I think Alana would uh, kind of, like, pull kind of back from the hug a bit and should say, okay, so... um. A good good news is I know 
what happened with Ramos's parents. There's bad news as well, but we're not going to dwell too much on that. Should I go grab Ramos? I feel like he could add some light on the situation. I think we need everyone. Awesome. I'll go grab Ramos, then we can see if we can get Nightshade. Um, so Alana teleports from Ruby back to Ramos. And she'd just kind of like say, Ramos, would you mind coming with me quickly? We've got a potential lead on what happened with your parents. It's with Ruby. It's pretty great. Ramos would have started at this point have been like partway down the hospital, I guess. And uh, just been like, oh, um, sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Alana grabs Ramos and then teleports back to Ruby. Um, and then she probably... Uh, she, I think she probably tried calling Nightshade. Did I ever get? Did I ever get the text from Ramos that's like, "Hey, my parents have been hurt." I feel like you probably wouldn't have checked your phone until after that emotional breakdown with your mom. So that is up to you. What order you see that? Okay. In. So I have the mental image that I literally just like open my phone and there's like a group text. And it's like, I just had like a good cry with my mom where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, it's okay. Nobody does. Uh, And then I just like open my phone and it's just like, my parents are hurt. There's conversation. Where's Nightshade? And it's like, oh God, fuck. The one, the one like- While you were being gay, we were in- The one- the one hour when I'm not being a hero and I'm just taking some time off to be gay, you guys are getting busy doing, like, superhero shit. And it's like... You'll need it, Nightshade. The one time that I'm gay and you guys are, like, out doing everything. Got stuff to do. I hope you're happy. We are. We're thrilled. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna try calling uh, Nightshade, so... Well, okay, yeah. I'll pick up. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hi, Nightshade. Um, we've got stuff going on with R- Ruby's mum's disappeared. Uh, Ramus's parents have been in a car accident. Uh, they're kind of connected. Ruby wants the whole t- team, whole team together. Is it okay if I come get you? I mean, I'm. Yeah. Okay, I teleport. As soon as she says yes, fucking Alana's just there. I'm just there. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, thanks. Then I just grab her by the shoulder and teleport her back. I like the idea that. Alana or Laura says yeah and like the next panel is Alana in the room with her still on the phone and she's like okay thanks like in the same room as Nightshade Alana's impatient Um, yeah then she just grabs like her by the shoulder and teleports her to where everyone everyone is waiting in uh, the former antithesis's evil lair slash office evil office lair (laughs) One of the three. I mean, that's where I do my evil, evil taxes. Uh, one of the three antitheses that now reside in this world. Antithesi. Am I the only? Because I feel like I'm the only one where there's only one of me now. Oh yeah. Because yeah. Wow. Yeah, technically. Unique. Uh, Ruby would uh, clear her throat and kind of uh, get back into shape that she would usually be in to talk to the team uh and she says all right boys we got a fucking weird one this is gonna be a doozy i just met my teenage dad and my mom is gone off the face of the fucking earth and isn't your mom like important she's important to me dude she fucking breastfed Uh, me 
Well, yeah, um, but I'm trying to not say. Wait, you know. what happened to Remus's parents? I told you they're in a car accident. Yeah, to specify a car accident caused by a warlord who is so impressed by us. No, no warlord's the arch enemy. Wrong yeah, person. Dominus was impressed by you. Warlord is his enemy. That I said the correct way around for that phrasing. <laughs> so, what? Okay. This would be the first time that Ruby would anything about Ramos or parents. Ramos, aren't your parents kind of important? I mean, I guess. I don't... They're not really important to Halcyon City, so them being even involved in any of this is kind of weird. I mean, unless they got the wrong target, which seems unlikely, given what we've seen from Ruby's mum's day planner, evil day planner, day planner of doom, um, I'm pretty sure they're, it, it's important there's something going on in the city. Wait. What uh, Ramos's parents were mentioned in Antithesis Senior's Doom Day Planner? Yeah, Day Planner of Doom. Yeah, Doom, Doom Day Planner. Planner. Yeah, Doom Planner. All right, all right, all right, guys. She's a villain. I get it. Fucking cut shit, okay? My dad's a villain too. It's okay. So uh, I know that I like harped on this a lot in the early days, but what? It, what? where is the staff? They all look to... Uh... I think Ruby would look to Ramos at this one. Uh, what staff? Don't we? Didn't didn't you? You guys like stole the staff. Oh, that staff! Yeah, yeah. That staff, Ramos. The one that Ruby's mom said that she needed in order to control the city. Yeah, that was oh. it. So elaborate. Oh, oh no. I think that's going to be where we call this issue to a close. Christ, what a cluster fuck. There's also going to be like that one hilarious moment where it's just going to be like everybody doing their thing and then Nightshade's just gonna be like, so I have news? Question mark. (laughs) Okay, uh, let's go ahead and do our end of session moves. Alana, did you grow closer to the team, into your own image of yourself, or away from the team? Uh, definitely closer to the team this time. Uh, Alana, fe- I mean, Alana would definitely feel like she worked incredibly well with the team. She was very efficient. Uh, she didn't waste any time. When people said, like, uh, you need to get over here, she was there like that. So it was all all perfect. Okay. Who made you feel welcome? Um, I'm kind of torn between... Ramos and Ruby. Um, I feel like Ruby, uh, just by virtue of the fact that Ruby kind of wanted, uh, sought comfort uh, outright from Alana. That makes sense. Uh, give influence to Ruby and clear a condition or mark potential. I have lots of conditions. I'm going to get rid of Angry because I feel like this would be a calming, calming time for her. Doesn't Ruby already have influence yes i do okay then you get to shift enter the or fucking nightshade shift focuses fuck (laughs) this is like the one time it wasn't me (laughs) shift hocuses labels i think we've actually gone the whole session without saying specifically nightshade incorrectly yeah like, I mean, there was one time where Ruby pretended to be Laura, but whatever. Okay, so Ruby, how are you shifting Alana's labels? Can danger go down? Uh, yeah. Can superior go up? Uh, yes, it can. All right. 
that tracks. Uh, by virtue of that, Ruby, closer to the team, into your own image of yourself, or away from the team? Definitely closer to the team. Who made Ruby feel welcome this issue? That's going to be Alana, our girl Hocus. Okay. Oh my god, you two just beat gay already. We're getting that. Okay. Hocus, did you, or do you already? Andy's not going to give me any fucking love interest because he's forcing fucking Hotithis. I am not forcing anything. Every time I give you an NPC, you punch them. Hocus, do you already have influence over? Uh, no, so. Yeah. I'll... Why didn't you just <laughs> why didn't you romance your teenage dad? I'll, I'll add uh, influence over Ruby. Okay. And then Ruby, you get to clear a condition or mark potential. I'm going to go ahead and clear a condition. I'm uh, going to clear guilty. Laura, did you grow closer to the team, into your own image of yourself, or away from the team? That's a good question. Uh... If you want to give influence to a rat kid, that is a valid choice in this circumstance. I Yeah, I probably would. But what would that selection be? Would that be away from the team? No, I'm saying you would grow closer to her in this instance. I'm not sure if it's necessarily how the move's meant to work, but it's how the fiction's flowing. So if you feel like you grew closer to her and want to give influence to her, that is, I'm ruling, an acceptable choice. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, so give her influence. You also took influence over her. And I did at some point clear a condition or mark potential. I'm going to clear a condition. I am going to clear guilty because I I don't feel as like broken and as like, I don't know. I don't feel as uh, uh, heavy hearted after everything that happened. Ironically, the first time that gay thoughts are introduced to a teenager and it makes them feel less bad. I, I, yeah, this is kind of like a weird thing because it's like, I think that I really don't think Laura would have like that moment of being like, oh God, this is horrible. I think that she's going to have that moment of like, well, people just kind of got used to me being a monster. So, I mean, they're just going to kind of get used to me being gay. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, last but not least, did Ramos grow closer to the team into his own image of himself or away from the team? I'm going to have to say closer to Alana because, like, we talked and interacted and she was very helpful. Alrighty. Does Alana already have influence over Ramos? Um, let me check. Yeah, it's kind of weird that we've not really talked before. Well, not very much, anyway. I do already have influence over you. Okay. Go ahead and shift his labels for me, then. And remember, you can't choose I can't Savior. Choose um, okay, I might shift... You're kind of concerned about your parents, so I think I might shift mundane up that works and uh, i think danger down because it's kind of a i'm concerned about my family kind of thing lives like not really i get that superior mentality kind of thing and ironically i believe that's what the ages agent wanted to do to me (laughs) (gasps) and then ramos you get to clear condition or mark potential i'm getting potential from this It's, it's a good learning experience evidently to get closer to your team Alrighty, with that, we will call this issue to a close. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Twitter at LGBTDPod. If you really liked what you heard, you can join the Cool Kids table, like Twitter users at SuperCaitlin1 and at Mike is Stranded. 
by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash LGBTD. Uh, every dollar you pledge goes straight to helping us create more and better content and is greatly appreciated more than you could possibly understand. Until next time, stay safe, everybody. storyline though the human storyline okay <laughs> no okay uh, that that joke was bad michael cut that out uh okay yeah stop that <laughs> bad michael uh whew. okay <laughs>